0: Hello, everybody, it is the end of August, the on-air light is switched on, and I am with the one, the only, the king of sick himself, Colby Berg! Colby, what's going on, dude?
1: What's happening, KP? Happy end of August,
0: dude. End of August, uh, excited because as much as fun summer is, uh, sports fans, it's kind of a, a dark night for me. Berg, you have baseball. I don't. Um... So here we are. You you talk know? about go Reds, dude. Yeah. Go Reds. Go Reds, dude. Um, regardless, excited that football starts. Believe it or not, it is the week of the Holy War, which is one of the bigger, I guess, sporting events here in the state of Utah. the The game between Utah and BYU. Um, kind of interesting how things have turned out. That it's now Week One. It's not the end of things like it used to be when uh, both teams were in Mountain West Conference and they were both seemed to be playing for the, you know the Mountain West title that last week of the season. It seemed a lot more fun for me back then. Uh, the stakes are pretty low now, it feels like, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But here we are, week one. It's still pretty cool. Um I don't know how you feel about things have changed, but for me, the programs are so much different. And I feel like it's becoming one of those rivalries. It's like, wait a minute. The- these two schools are rivals? I mean, they're good games and everything, but... Uh, It's just come to the point where I feel like BYU needs to start winning a game or two for it to actually be considered a rivalry. Um, But with that being said, as much as it's changed over the years, there's been one constant Kolb, one common denominator through uh, this whole thing. And I think what I'm about to say rings specifically true for people like you and me who might be more neutral in the rivalry. I would say I lean a little more Utah. I don't know about you. I'm pretty sure you lean Utah too, but... Uh, I want both programs to succeed, uh, pretty much week in and week out. But really, what I'm trying to say here is the common denominator about this game that drives me crazy is how annoying each fan base can be, and it's so amplified this week, it's unbearable. So I think we need to do a little bit of investigation, throw on our our Sherlock Holmes hats, and you know we're going to sit here and try and find out which fan base is the most annoying.
1: Yeah, dude, I've got my I've got my scalpel and I'm ready to do some some dissecting here. And yeah, to be clear, um, I I do I I did go to the U, graduated from the U. Shouts to the U. Um, I am a Utah fan and honestly, I've I've pretty much been a Utah fan all the way through my life. I think um, just to kind of get this out of the way, so I will be pulling for Utah. But yeah, in the same sense that you know, anytime BYU is playing somebody else. Uh, I definitely am cheering for BYU and, you know, want to see them do well. Um, If anything, uh, you know, and we can kind of get into this. One of the reasons why I've been a little more neutral, like deep down inside, I'll cheer for the U, but I've been a little more neutral just kind of overall is just because I honestly don't (laughs) like associating myself with a lot of Utah fans. And I really don't like associating myself with a lot of BYU fans too. Um, and mostly I feel like it's because of the I, I see most of the extremes on both ends. And so I think this will be a fun little conversation because the extremes yeah. of both ends are honestly some of the most unbearable humans on the planet. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to happy and excited to dive in. And, and one other thing, by the way, um, it is kind of weird that it is a rivalry uh, still. Obviously, you know, what, how long has it been? 10 years? 11? I can't, honestly, I should know this, but it shows how uh, how fully invested I am. I think so. I can't I remember the last right. time BYU won. It was the Harleen catch, right? Or am I wrong? Okay. But, yeah, I I mean, the, the rivalry's strong because, of course, the schools are only separated by, like, 45 miles. I saw something yesterday where, you know, all the other big, um all the other yeah. big rivalries throughout the country you know have hundreds and hundreds of miles in between them but you know we're you know Utah fans and BYU fans are shopping amongst each other and their kids go to school together and they probably go to the same ward houses or gyms or anything and so that's uh that's why it's a hot rivalry despite the fact that the games haven't been particularly close or at least the outcomes of the games haven't been over the last decade
0: so uh, just to get our facts straight here. The last time that BYU beat Utah was in 2009 in that overtime game. Okay. Ten years ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't want to take anything away from this rivalry. I think it is fun. Um, and when when the two sides are going at each other in a way that I think like sports fans should be going at each other, it's great. I am here for things like saying that you hate the other team and stuff like that. That's what's great. For me, what's annoying on these fan bases, and, and for the Utah one, it's more just like a fan base in general, and the BYU one goes a little bit more into the actual rivalry. But my case against Utah fans, and this is, here, here's what I came up with. The one thing that bugs me the most is when I, I read, first of all, Utah Twitter can be just an absolute, University of Utah Twitter can be just a joke. And when I see things like, oh man, I hate that we're ranked 14th to start the season. We play better with a chip on our shoulder. It drives me crazy. Isn't that what you want your program to be, is some dominant program that's historically great year after year? That's how you get good talent, is these kids seeing these teams like top 15 every single year. I want to go play for Utah, things like that. Like You should be proud of what you've accomplished in the past 10 years. Don't sit here and say that, you know, we're, we're this great team and we deserve to be in big games at the end of the season. You got to start there too. That's what the big programs do. So don't play that down. Be happy with what you've accomplished. I like, it's just so maddening to me. It's just, yeah, hundred uh, I, I don't know, man. It's just a weird, it's a weird Utah mentality. There's jazz fans that do it too, but like, we got to like, act like we, we belong here and we deserve to be here. Not be this underdog every single year. Like Alex Smith. 2004 was it i mean that was great we came out of nowhere a uh, brian johnson's team should have been there and they were there and they played all the way through you gotta like live up to those expectations in the season and have those expectation expectations from week one in college football like you can't go to the national championship and not be on everyone's radar at the beginning of the year it's just not how it works you know what i mean yeah so that frustrates me
1: yeah and i get that and from a jazz fan perspective you know i get i honestly i'll be real like i do get a little stressed about uh you know all the hype that we've gotten because i've invested so much into it mentally but at the same time i'm you know deep down inside you don't make a big deal out of it because of course you know you want to you want to feel proud of your team and the team you've built and the team that has been trying and in this case the youths have tried for what i mean they've been building this team for the past four years returning all their guys and building this up to make this run so finally they're getting a little recognition and uh yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the pe- people spend a lot of time stressing. And obviously, if if they really are good enough, they'll live up to the hype and, and things will take care of themselves.
0: Exactly. College teams are too good for you to hope to be Cinderella every single year if you want to be one of the, the bigger schools in the country. You know what I mean? Um, so that's one thing that bugs me. Another thing that bugs me is how hard they try to be. And I'll get into this in a little I guess in a little bit with uh the BYU stuff, but they try to be like the Nega or the anti-BYU, like to the to an extreme to where it's like, we get it, guys. Like you're you're the cool college. Like we get it. Like stop. And then for me, and I don't know if this will this will probably upset a few Utah fans, but some of the stuff that the must comes up with. And I think it's really cool that there's a student section that's really loud. You know, you cause those false starts, yada, yada. All that stuff's pretty cool. I'm for it. I'm for a very loud, intense team. But the must in general, these these little, like, gimmicks that they come up with that you see on Twitter floating around, like, this week we're going to try to, you know, spray water out of our water bottles whenever it's third down and 12. They do stuff like that that just... It drives me crazy and it's it's and very must B- it's very BYU to be honest. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's like BYU's basketball fans. Like we get it, man. Like just go cheer for your team and be loud and then just the must the the name in general. I think they could have come up with maybe a thousand different names that are cooler than the must, in my opinion. I mean that's just Has anyone I made a
1: must turd joke yet? Like <laughs> I I feel like I feel like there's lots of uh, lots of opportunity to to capitalize on something like that but uh it doesn't sound like they have
0: I don't think anyone's on your wavelength to come up with that. Um and another thing is you said we both graduated from Utah and that's a knock for me cuz I gave them a lot of money and it still is just I'm not over it. So uh that's my case. My my high level case against Utah, Berg, what are you thinking about their fans? How do you feel about them? Do you hate them? Do you love them? Are you part of them? Are they your blood? Are they your enemies? Give me a rundown.
1: Okay. So, yeah. the thing about Utah fans, or a lot of Utah fans, or at least we'll, I'll key in on the portion, because honestly, if we're being real, like I'd say 70% of self proclaimed Utah and BYU fans really have no idea what's going on and just, you know, for whatever reason, like throwing on a shirt and being in. You know it's part of the state. You know being a resident of the yeah. state, and then of the maybe thirty percent of people on both sides that actually know what's going on. There's maybe three or four percent of people that we're talking about here when we say we don't like. But uh, on the Utah side of things, um, I would say that, uh, frick, like they take pride. There are some Utah fans that take pride in just like not being associated with the church and they, so they yeah. go out of their way obviously BYU being a state or church sponsored school they it's they use being a Utah fan to go out of their way to bash people in the church or the church in general and obviously I'm fine with people having disagreements about whatever the church doctrine is like that's part of life and our existence but it feels like people like there are some Utah fans that at least the ones that I find really annoying that don't even know a whole lot. They they claim to be diehard Utah fans and you try and talk to them about a specific player or a specific uh, situation going on at the school and they really don't know anything. They probably didn't even go to the U but they just really are super anti the church and so as a result they, you know, they're diehard and then you have a conversation with them and they don't know crap. That's for me, In my experience, that's probably
0: the most annoying Utah fan that I can think of. Yeah. No, and there's an inverse to that we can get into as well. Definitely. um, On the BYU side of things. And I I agree. This is what makes this rivalry such like a unique rivalry is the church aspect. Um, People outside the state just don't really realize that the line is drawn in the sand between the two schools. And then there's this like sub line that's dr- drawn, I guess that are like between, you know, people who are members of the church versus people who aren't. And it's just, it's, you're not going to find it anywhere else. And it, it, it makes, that's what makes the rivalry kind of, it kind of, when it stops being about the sport and starts becoming more like, I'm going to attack you if one of your pillars, whether it's for the church or against the church, like super annoying, it's super toxic. And, I think that's really why I'm so negative sometimes about this rivalry is just, like you said, like these subset of fans that just make it not fun. Yeah. Like, like for instance, and this is going to be on the other side. So this is people who are saying like, and can I just say this real on quick? Their, I'll just cut you off real quick. Yeah. Sorry to finish by this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. by the Go way, ahead. I'm
1: all for Utah fans. Making jokes about yeah. the church and like, or, or you know, obviously certain habits or whatever about BYU and you know the honor code or whatever. Like that's all fun. That's actually kind of funny and I enjoy it a ton. Oh, I'm I'm going specifically at the people that really have no idea what's going on football wise or school wise. They just throw on their Utah gear just to bash stuff, and that's that's what I'd say the most annoying um, Utah type fan is. So again, for people that are actually informed um, with what's going on sports wise and make jokes about you know certain qualities or you know, customs or whatever, that's totally fine. And I, I'm cool with that, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
0: And BYU is not doing themselves any favors with like the honor code and stuff. It's pretty easy target. But uh, what I'm saying is like when Max Hall, it was Max Hall, that quarterback, when he came out and said like, I hate Utah fans Yeah, and I hate Utah. Uh I'm for that, dude. I think that's great. Like build the rivalry through just pure hatred because of what, you know, like you're a different team. Like. I am born and raised to hate you, and it's my time. I hate you. Right. And then there's Austin Collie on the other side that they lose, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, we might have lost the game, but we're we're the real winners because we're living right off the field." That's when it's like, shut up and just—it's football, man. It's not anything more. It's not anything less. You're both football teams. Just have it be about that. Like, come on, man. Like that. That's a huge knock um, on both sides. You're right. That's a good point, Colb. I was more looking at it through um, knocking people on the BYU side of things. Actually, I'll be honest. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, Go go ahead. Go, go, go. I was just going to say, I was going to bring up the the tweet that Tom sent us about that guy. And it's a perfect example of that. And in my opinion
1: like what I said about the Utah fans and what bugs me about them is magnified 10 times more with, with BYU fans. And so take that and the inverse of what, so basically what you're about to read real quick here, um, let me know when you have it pulled up. Working on it. And while you're pulling it up, you know, for instance, I remember in seminary um, in uh, in high school, went during what rivalry week, um, you know, I think my teacher was wearing like a BYU tie or something and you know same thing you'd ask him okay well or you know you would talk about the game or whatever just to have friendly conversation maybe before the bell rings or whatever and literally the he couldn't he didn't know he had no idea what was going on he had no idea who the quarterbacks were even like he was completely clueless he's you know sh- but but the thing is he'd still make the utah jokes about i think he made a utah joke about uh what'd he say you know what's what, what is, how's it go what do both BYU students and Utah students have in common? And I remember it was they both applied to BYU. And <laughs> and I just remember thinking like, dude, you don't even know what's going on in this game, so you can't trash talk like because you have no clue what's going on. And yeah. Al- everybody has their own right to say whatever they want, but you look like a total dork, and that's uh, yeah. where I was going. But yeah, go ahead and talk about
0: that tweet. Okay. Okay, so just uh, to give some context to these tweets I'm about to read, it's some guy whose son committed to Utah. It sounds like he had Utah and BYU um, in his mind to play football for or play on their teams. And the dad says, When Kalani was at our home visit, he told my son that he wanted him to come to BYU, but if he chose Utah, he would be in good hands and that the Utah coaches were some of his best friends and best people he knew. I was so impressed with his ability to put the rivalry aside and dot, dot, dot. Before he can even finish uh, what he's about to say, which was going to be a nice middle ground, like, hey, you know, both sides are actually good people. Right. Uh, This guy named Michael Drew comes and steps in and says, Kalani and all BYU fans don't agree. I view Utah coaches who played for BYU as traitors, and you, sir, were never a BYU fan. Glad your son didn't play for BYU. I hope he gets lit up during the game. The dad responds, you, sir, are who I referred to earlier as the small minority I hope you have a great day and find happiness and abundance in your life. Shouts to that guy. Shouts to this guy. Michael Drew is not okay with that. He comes back and says, "I'll maintain my position. All former BYU players who coach at the U are traitors and should relinquish all ties to BYU." I do not agree with. Any, I do not agree that anyone can get the same BYU experience at the U, and I do not believe you could ever be. You could have ever been a BYU fan. Sorry, I'm butchering this. And your son is dead to Y-Nation. Okay, a little intense there. So the dad responds, You can get great and harmful experiences at both BYU and Utah. You can find good slash bad in each setting. It's up to the individual to determine and choose what they want to see. The main point of of the thread that obviously escaped you. Or sorry, sorry, sorry. The main point of the thread obviously escaped you. I wish the best in your life. Again, trying to kill this conversation. Michael Drew responds again. In fact, the U fosters an anti-LDS philosophy from an administration down. <laughs> and then uh, the dad responds. has it been our experience at all. Uh, Coach Scaley wrote my son letters regularly during his mission, uh, which were amazingly faith-building. My son attends institute in the football facility. Uh, also listens to team the team's chaplain who preaches of Christ. I had your same misconception. And Michael Drew uh, at the very end here, he says, I don't believe you can have a knowledge of the U football team and practice and claim to follow slash accept the teachings of the LDS church. So somehow this guy has a warped sense of reality that uh, if you go to Utah or if you cheer for Utah, you're literally cheering for Satan, which is a quite interesting take. And it's it's, it's a little much for me. I don't know about you, Cole. That's a little much. Dude. <laughs> The, the
1: holier-than-thou attitude, which I feel like is harbored by, a, again, a, probably a small minority of BYU fans, like, it's by far, out of all, anything in the rivalry, that is by far the most frustrating thing of it all. Like, I absolutely hate this guy, Michael Drew, at Promote a Book. Honestly, people out there, I'm promoting. You should at, you should at him and tell him your thoughts, because he honestly yeah. is a terrible person, and it's a joke, man. It's... To think that, I mean, the, the tweets speak for themselves. There isn't a whole lot more that yeah. needs to be said. But there is that attitude, and even to a slightly lesser degree, you know, uh, prevails amongst BYU fans. And, I mean, sometimes I guess, I mean, they have to have something to fall back on just because they have had their butts beat over the last 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I just—I don't know. It's—it's it's a terrible look for somebody, you know, for a school that. And again, one one person's ideas don't necessarily represent the uh, ideals of the entire organization. But you think you'd be self-aware enough to realize what you're doing there?
0: Yeah, I agree, man. Um, and I don't need—I don't think I'm not going to sit here and hammer this uh, point, you know, anymore. I just think—I just think. It's something that kinda needs to end and I don't think it ever will, which sucks. But it's a knock on BYU's fans. It's a point against them. Um, the last thing I want to bring up about BYU point, BYU fans that I find annoying is whenever there's the debate between the two schools, they bring up their championship in nineteen eighty four, like you. it's the end all. And it's it's not I did some research into this because I really wanted to find out like what this championship, you know, how much weight it really holds and BYU went undefeated that season, which is really impressive, you know. Great year. Um, but for national championships in the 80s, they voted on who became the national championship. There there wasn't a championship game. In fact, they beat Michigan in their bowl game, which you sit there and you think, hmm, you know what, Michigan's a really good program. BYU beat them. They deserve to be the champions. Well, Michigan was 6-5 and five in that bowl game, and BYU was undefeated. Um, they played, I can't remember who it was like Nebraska or something the first week who is ranked number 3 so they say man you know we beat that number ranked number 3 ranked team uh we we deserve it and you go and look that team ended up winning two games the entire season so i don't think a 35 year old championship sh- that you were voted in and beat you know your schedule ended up being not that great um i don't think it it really should signify that you're the better program in my opinion and they they hang on to this like like, like it's, it's all they've got that matters. To, yeah, yeah. And as soon as they bring it up, they get these smirks. Like, yeah, well, we're the national championship ch- champions from 1984, and it's just—it's ridiculous. Just stop with that. It's completely changed since then. College football is different. It's—I mean, it—it—it's it, a point for you. It's a good point to bring up, but it's not the end all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what's funny?
1: It, I'm so glad you brought this up because I was talking to people at work today, and I think overall, this is one thing I've realized. The batting average of BYU fans being able to actually name the year that that national championship was won in is honestly has to be like 20... It's like 200. Literally (laughs) 20% of the time. I've heard 1984, 1986, 1982. They tend to fall on the even numbers, which I guess they get kind of right. But it's like... It's just something they randomly pull out of their hat because it's, it's the last straw to like claim some sort of relevance. And... Yeah, it's 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 well. They can never name it. the quarterback. What's that?
0: They they can never name the quarterback who won it. Yeah, they always say they always say it's it was either Ty Detmer or uh, Steve Young. Steve Young wasn't yeah. it? Was it McMahon who won it? Yeah, it was McMahon. Yeah, come on, guys.
1: Uh, come on. Man. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, and for for the record, and I know people have said this before, but uh, the. Uh, the president of the church, not the current president of the church, but the, the former president of the church, uh, President Thomas S. Monson, is a distinguished alumni or alumnus, I guess you could say, of the University of Utah. And so it's, it's just funny to think that, you know, guys like that Michael do, like there's, there's some serious cognitive dissonance yeah. going on in that dude's head, or I don't know if he's just right. blatantly disregarding certain facts, but it's just, I don't know. It's kind of
0: funny to think about. Right. Right, and, and the argument that Utah fans always go, go back to is well Brigham Young started the University of Utah, not his namesake school. So that too. It's funny. It's 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 a funny little world we live in in this little Utah bubble and it makes things very interesting. Um I'm you know, I also wanna say, and I probably should have had a little preface about this, but I don't really believe in prefaces. <laughs> um I have friends and family on both sides. And I love them. And there's plenty of fans that I respect. And there's plenty of fans that I enjoy. And I think that they're great fans. But this is just coming from a pretty neutral perspective of the maddening experience that this rivalry can create. And we, you know, I don't want to sit here and just be so negative about it. I think there's great fans on both sides. And I think uh, as long as you cheer for a team and you keep it about football and you keep it, you know, somewhat cheeky and kind of funny. Uh, go go at it. Say you hate each other. I don't care. Just, just keep it in the realm of football. Yeah, keep and, it in the realm of you know. And I'm totally cool with the trash talk and everything. And just have a clue
1: about what you're talking about, because yeah. I think a lot of it is just some like bland band. Uh, what's the wow? Blind fanship on both sides, and those are the people that frustrate me the most. That said, if if I have to say which fan base is most annoying and this might be biased because again I do lean a little bit red here I mean I have to go the BYU fans are a little more annoying uh than than Utah fans in general and again that could just be from my experience um but that's that's kind of where I am at with this I think by the way if BYU was just a little bit better and and you know the record was I mean, if if the games were a little more competitive or if at least, you know, then maybe they win three or four of the last 10, I feel like it would be mm-hmm. less about the, – the rivalry would be, would be less vitriolic and more about sports. But because it's been – the outcomes have been so lopsided for so long that people are just kind of grasping at anything to talk crap on because yeah. they want it to be relevant in their lives. But the football doesn't necessarily make it that, so they got to come up with something else.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I will obviously, I think people probably realize that I'm leaning a little bit that BYU's more annoying, but I agree, man, like I hope both teams or at least BYU kind of catches up to where Utah's at as a program and they continue to excel and like this rivalry becomes, you know, more about football again. Um but we can stop there on that. I don't want to like, you know, the game's tomorrow. We're recording this on a Wednesday. I hope I hope the game's really good. I think Utah has more to lose, so I hope they win. Um, I just hope kids stay healthy. So let's hope for a good game tomorrow.
1: Hey Amen. Yeah, Utah, big aspiration. So this will be a good one to get under the belt and move on to uh, onto the Pac-12. So with all that said, yeah. go Utes.
0: <laughs> go Utes. Um, Berg, before... We jump into, I, I think you have a little bit of a grass is greener story for us here, but something happened today in Jazz Basketball that we need to talk about, and that's the official reveal of the Mountain jerseys. I have already ordered or pre-ordered my Rudy Gobert Let's jersey. Let's go, uh, you uh, did? Let's go! Uh, yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, I And we can spend like two minutes on this, but there's a few things I just want to bring up about these Mountain jerseys and why they mean so much, I think, is... Obviously the mountain jerseys is what we were wearing when he made it to the finals. So there's, there's so much emotion tied into it to kids our age, because when we were young, the jazz were just fantastic, right? They, we grew up with them being such a relevant team. And as we grew up and kind of graduated from high school and went into college, the dark years kind of came. And by dark years, I mean, we're fighting for the eighth spot or whatever. Right. And now we're revitalized with this unbelievable optimism this year. And it. it feels kind of like those 90s teams where it's just like, yeah, we're the Jazz. Of course we're going to make a run at it. And it's the perfect time for them to, like, bring out these mountain jerseys. And as much as I love the jerseys, Berg, it was seeing the court that got me the most, I guess, got the most, like, nostalgic uh, feel for me. Because I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's the court that I would go and watch when I was, you know, however old, nine eight, nine years old. And like, I watched John Stockton and Carl Malone play basketball on that court. And it really like just awoken this feeling in me that's, it, it was really cool. It was really, I can't wait. I'm going to have to go to a game uh, when they have that court on the floor. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. Tell me about what you're feeling.
1: Yeah, man. So first of all, uh, because it seems like all media sources do this these days, they have to actually claim credit. Um, when they make a, when they make breaking news or when they do break news and then it finally comes to truth. So, uh, you heard it here first on, I can't remember which episode it was, but, uh, we, we broke the news about the mountain jerseys and Mike Conley not, or Mike Conley being able to wear his headband. So how about that? Just gotta be, uh, follow the national media vein and, and, you know, give ourselves some props there. But dude, <laughs> when, when it broke this morning and, uh, the jazz had like an Instagram post, it was kind of like a mashup of like. Donovan and Rudy playing with Carmelo and John Stockton. And it was kind of like an animated mashup with, uh, obviously, Locke's voice, who I saw today buying kombucha randomly. And uh, H- Hot Rod Hunley, RIP to the guy. Um, and I had the chills, dude. I was sitting at work. I had crazy chills for that same reason. It, it took me straight back. And, I mean, I think it's extra special because... This is really the first year, and we've talked about this, you know, ad nauseum, that this is the first year that we kind of feel like we can contend at least, or at least play at the same level that those, you know, the 97 and 98 teams played at, you know? And so it just feels, there couldn't have been a more appropriate time to to do what we're doing with their jerseys, and uh, I think it's awesome. The court's going to be great. They're going to wear the jerseys 11 times, and... Uh, they'll have the court 11 times and this year anyway, and I think they're going to replace the city edition, which I actually did appreciate for a while, but I think it's good to see those things go their, their separate way there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, just super excited, super excited for this season. It's, it's another thing to remind us that October can't come fast enough. <laughs> and I don't know which Jersey you uh, get, wait.
1: by the way, I've, uh, I, I'm debating between Ingalls and Conley. And because I have the Donnie purple jersey, the note jersey, and I'm thinking about getting the Donnie shoes. So I figure that's the, the mountain shoes. I've already got the red and the blues. Shouts to Donnie. But, uh, Shouts Donnie. I, I think I might have to go with the Conley and hope that wish uh, hopefully that just, uh, seals the deal. And it, it's an act of faith, but if he does some special stuff here, it'll be worth it in the end.
0: Yes, absolutely, dude. Uh, <laughs> whew. Man, I'm excited. So if you haven't watched (laughs) that,
1: go freaking watch that on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever your social media outlet of choice is. Chances are if you've listened to this, if you're listening to this, you already did see the the breaking news, but it's pretty stoked. You should watch it again.
0: Yeah. The content's great. The um, Hot Rod Hunley voice is just something that will make you feel things you haven't felt in a long time. Um, So with that being said, a little bit of jazz news there, a little bit of feelings and thoughts. About what's going on, we are going to roll into another story from Colby Berg. Uh, last time, you gave us a little bit of, of a grass is or isn't greener um, dating story from where you had to try salmon um, to show that you know you're you're interested and you're gonna you're gonna make sacrifices and eat actual food. Um, Berg, tell me, is the grass or is the grass greener or is it not greener? In this story. Let's hear it. You know, I'm an
1: optimistic guy, so I always tend to look at things from the bright side and it it makes my life interesting. And so, from that aspect, it probably is greener. But at the same time, if I'm really serious about obviously the story I'm going to share now, uh, it's probably more annoying and probably not greener. So, we'll get into it. And this isn't necessarily a particular story, but this is just coming from the side of somebody who is uh, dating and out there and um you know eventually looking to settle down when the right person comes along especially as you get into your upper 20s so i um i work in finance and a lot of the people i work with they're they're quite a bit older in fact um from i think of the three people with offices closest to me um they're all in their 40s and they have you know kids in their uh earlier 20s late teens and so I'm kind of the, the young kid on the block and even kind of throughout the whole the whole team, I'm uh, I'm the youngest person on the team. So people are always looking at me like a charity case. And <laughs> so I'll come at it from this perspective. One is obviously I'm, a, I'm appreciative that people think that I am someone who's a viable, you could say, candidate, which sounds crazy to say, to be honest, um, to date their neighbor or daughter or friend or cousin or whoever it happens to be but one thing I'm I'm realizing lately is I've probably made up the existence of like me be dating some some girl or being steady with some girl just to keep people from asking trying to set me up with uh, random people at work or with random people at work trying to set me up with people that I don't work with but people that they know And so for instance, like, you know, I'll be in these people's offices and they'll have pictures of their, uh, you know, Christmas cards or whatever. And I'll see, you know, I'll just be, being nice asking about family. And before I know it, somebody's like, well, you dating anybody? Like I should hook you up with this person. And in all reality, it's one of those things where, especially, so I'll like, I'll say, well, you know, I'm kind of dating somebody when in reality, I'm like, Probably not, or maybe just, you know, I've gone on a few dates, but I feel like I'm always having to make up stories because I can't just tell this person to their face, like, I'm sorry, like, I don't want to go out with your, you know, 20-year-old daughter. And yeah. it, it's funny because my boss is pretty cool, and so he he actually kind of knows what's going on in the dating life with me because we, we chat about it. He's just a couple years older. And so, like, we'll be talking about one thing, and I'm always worried because, I think to three other people that I work with that I don't think they've talked to each other. Um, but I've told each of them individually, like I've had to turn down or make up basically some stories in reg- about why I can't date their daughter or why I can't date their niece or whatever. And you know, a lot of the times I'm, I realize I'm not a 10 and it's a fact, I'm not a 10. Um, but at the same time, there has to be some sort of level of attraction there. And a lot of the times, maybe I'm just me personally am not physically attracted to um, whoever they're trying to set me up with, and so it always just makes it awkward because I can't just come out right and say, "Oh no, sorry, I don't want to date your daughter, um, or "I don't want to date your niece or whoever, because you know I'm not attracted to them. So a lot of times it's either, "Oh yeah, well, you know I, I don't date girls younger than twenty seven, or you know, I'll throw out some <laughs> arbitrary thing," or whatever." So ultimately. I'm just afraid that eventually my boss is going to come up to me and chat about the real dating situation with what's going on with certain things and my coworkers are going to hear some story that is actually correct but not the story that I told them Um, and and it just is going to get real awkward. So shout out to all my single peeps out there that are, are dodging bullets and honestly are trying to find the one in their own special way. Some people more aggressively than others and I can identify with both sides there. But, uh, you know, sometimes, and, and at the same time, like I say, I respect uh, people ch- for having the honest and, pr- and nothing but honestly great intentions to try and set single f- people that they know up with people because it is a compliment and I am flattered, but sometimes I, I just wish, uh, that there, I don't know that I didn't get sucked into situations like that on a relatively frequent basis. So, that's uh, that's the that's the grass. In this case, the grass is probably greener on the other side because I assume Kurt that you don't have people trying to set you up with their twenty uh, year old daughter. That maybe, well, actually, I'm not going to say that. We'll just say with their twenty year old daughter. Is that right?
0: <laughs> Believe it or not, Kolb, I do not get set up with. I have this little gold ring on my finger that kind of lets people know that I am off the market. Shout out to my wife, Emily. Uh, she's the perfect match for me, Berg. And as we continue to look for your perfect match, I'm sure we'll find it. Just be careful as you work in that house of cards that of turn down referrals and s- set up dates and things like that. I hope it doesn't come crashing down. That would be that would make for a great podcast to explain later on. But I hope you don't have to live through it.
1: I'll feel like a a borderline like John Tucker must die situation when in reality it's like the opposite, where I'm actually not dating three different girls. I'm <laughs> I'm not, and so. It could get a little weird, but seriously, shout out to everybody that's trying to hook their, their single friends up because like I say, it is flattering and we do appreciate it because, you know, obviously, um, you know, it is complimentary that that they like you enough to set them up with somebody that you love. But, uh, at the same time, I feel like maybe there's, there's a good way, a self-aware way to go about it. So it's just not awkward for both sides. And Yeah. yeah, like I say, shout out to you
0: shout out to you guys you guys are great also a shout out Kolb. a huge shout out to something from our past that is nearing our future i don't know uh my wife is married to me so it doesn't matter uh hopefully you can find someone that doesn't care that you are extremely excited for the new <laughs> pokemon sword and shield coming out what is it this november Coming out this, I think it's like November
1: 15th, but who's counting?
0: (laughs) How hype are you for this? This is the thing.
1: Before we dive in, before we dive in, I know a lot of people right now are probably thinking, well, the last topic of conversation with dating and this are probably not mutually exclusive and it's probably not surprising that uh, I'm not married right now. But (laughs) I'm just going to say to you, there's everybody out there probably has some sort of appreciation for maybe, for something of their youth, whether it's like, An old Backstreet Boys album, or if Backstreet Boys are coming on tour, I know they sold out at Vivint Smart Home Arena, and you were a big fan. Yeah, look at at you. Or look at you
0: people that went.
1: Exactly. So I'm going to say, hold your judgments there before before you judge us for being semi-stoked about a video game that we appreciated from our youth coming out. Uh, You know, look inward first. And then, and then if you still can't find anything, then sure, judge us, because it is kind of ridiculous, but we are pretty stoked. Um, yeah, Pokemon Sword and Shield are coming out, and Kurt, you were the first one onto this, and you sent us the trailer. You sent yeah. it to me, Jackson Stevenette, and Chase Flint, uh, the, the initial trailer that came out early summer, and I'll be honest, I got pretty stoked.
0: Yeah, I think it looks great, and... I mean, we both have Switches. If the Switch is great for me, Emily can lay in bed and kind of watch whatever she wants to watch. I can play the Switch. You know, it'll be a game to maybe unwind with. And yeah, I'm excited, man. Like, Pokemon was great. I I can honestly say that that's the franchise that I've probably put the most hours in. Um, Because when you're a kid, you have a Game Boy Color. Like, anytime you're in the car, or even if it's like an indoor recess, I don't know if you had that in Arizona very often, but... Well, this might be by the time he got to Utah, but whenever like you couldn't go outside, like yeah, I had a Game Boy in my in my hand and I was playing Pokemon, and yeah, I'm way excited for this. I think it's gonna be really fun. I think it's gonna be hilarious. We'll 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 be texting each other back and forth. We got to make sure to get opposing platforms so we can make all the trades and fill out our Pokedexes. Um, do you know do you know what you're gonna choose your starter as, dude? First of all, I I have to with what you
1: identify with what you said earlier yeah like i probably played thinking about it i probably played blue version on game boy color way more than well a, a significant amount more than maybe i even played halo and and the other game yeah. boy games as the other pokemon games as well um i just remember late nights you know remember when the screens didn't even have backlights you had to plug in your worm light and hide under your covers <laughs> yeah on a school night it was miserable dude i remember i remember yeah hiding out because, of course, I had to wake up for school in the morning. But I was about to be at the Elite Four. Or just random things you're about to... You're trying to catch one of the rare Pokemon. And oh, yeah. it's tons of fun memories come back. But ultimately, I haven't decided which one I'm going to get. I've always been a, either... A, a, since the beginning, I always picked Squirtle. And then occasionally... Or the Water. The Water type. Um, and then I've, randomly, I'd mix it up with the Fire type. But I had never picked Grass. Because I always thought the Grass Pokemon was way soft. But... If you haven't watched the trailer, honestly, go watch the trailer, and you'll see that there's actually some contention from the grass Pokemon this time to be kind of cool. He's a little monkey guy, that uh, little monkey that looks like he could be kind of sweet. But uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm going to start with water, just as as to pay homage to my youth. But what we'll see as we get a little bit closer. I always just know that sometimes I remember in sixth grade when uh, when. I think it was when Silver and Gold came out. I told my best friend at the time, Sean Webb, shout out to Sean, that I picked the, uh, I actually picked the Fire type at that time, and so he picked the Water type. So when we battled, he'd always kick my butt. So I've, I was always a little, I was a little scarred from that experience. And uh, so we we'll, I don't know, we'll see what I actually end up going with because I know that we'll have, we'll have some battles
0: yeah yeah no and i'm gonna probably go water too so who knows we might have to have our you know lineup be a little bit different later on if we're going to beat each other it's going to be interesting we'll we'll keep people posted on the record between each other on who's winning battles and whatnot um dude funny memory though do you remember (laughs) this isn't the first time we got hyped on a pokemon game coming out when pokemon go came out me and berg were very much subscribed to pokemon go uh, especially at the beginning and I just have this funny memory of me, you, and Wilding. Shout out Wilding. Um, we're downtown in Salt Lake City. And the, the city's buzzing. It's insane. There's like hundreds of people going around. Like, it was like Temple Square area. And, like, this rumor just starts coming up. It's like Someone's like, there's a Charmeleon up in the avenues. We booked it. And we it. literally ran. Yeah, we sprinted up this hill to make sure. And you and Wilding caught it, and I didn't. My, I, It took, like, 100 Pokeballs, and mine wouldn't freaking catch. It's the funniest thing, man. That was a good memory.
1: <laughs> that was a way fun night. And I'll say this. During that time, you were I'd consider you a loser if you weren't playing Pokemon Go. Who wasn't playing oh, for Pokemon sure. Go at that time? And I just remember... Yeah, there was there was like a herd of like there was probably eleven people running down Main Street by uh kind of by the Eagle Gate. I can't remember what it's called. I don't know, what is it? Second yeah. not Second South. It might have been first north. I don't know what it was. But we booked it up the hill and it was it was funny because uh I just remember running like neck and neck with some kid, then putting on the afterburners and leaving him in the dust, <laughs> and I was like I I was feeling pretty good about myself, and then I like second thought, I I just and I it just dawned on me. I just I'm feeling really good about myself for busting past some kid, outrunning some kid to catch some invisible Pokemon on my phone, and then it kind of humbled me a little bit. But it was pretty funny. It was a good time, and that was a way fun night. Shout out to Wilding.
0: Shout out. You know, here's another shout out to Wilding. Uh, I I re-downloaded it a f- probably a year ago now, and I like I was way excited. I texted Nick like, "Dude, I got Pokemon Go again. You should download it." And his response was, I never deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Shout out Wilding.
1: He, and I respect it because we actually, he and I, it was in like 20, it was like 2013 or 2014. Uh, we, we, we busted out our blue version and he busted out his red version again. And we, uh, we attempted to catch them all. And I remember I had to put it down cause I was actually going on a first date there, uh, with somebody, with a girl. And, uh, I remember coming back and I had to tell them all about the date and I was way stoked. And then we found some cool Pokemon and it was, it was a double win, but I didn't tell the girl that I was playing Pokemon. Oh, yeah. So it was a double win.
0: Uh, well, she obviously wasn't worth it cause you're not dating her now. Um, Cole, <laughs> I'm going to take a few steps back so I can segue. So you okay. just brought up that you ran past a kid and you were feeling really good about yourself. Lately, you've been researching things about feeling good and wellness and, uh, we came up with a segment that Colb can talk about. I don't, what are we going to call this one, Berg? Fitness findings or something like that? Yeah, we can call it that. Yeah. Either way, Colby is really good at yeah to TBD just like everything else. Um, Colby, you like you like doing your research and you know trying to understand uh, what what really is healthy and uh, I would say wellness and just overall. Uh, physical and mental health and things like that. So please, Colby, enlighten us on what you've been researching lately.
1: Yeah. So to kind of preface this, I just thought um yes, I am kind of invested in health and wellness and fitness and and not not from like the bodybuilder or meathead or power lifter or like any of the, the extreme versions of those things. Um but I feel like from an optimization of life standpoint, when we feel better or when we when we feel better like on the inside obviously we'll feel better about ourselves we'll probably look better um we'll just enjoy life a little bit better um and so I've uh done I always listen to podcasts and it started kind of listening to Joe Rogan's podcast like or Tim Ferriss's podcast like three or four years ago and they'll occasionally have on yeah they'll have comedians or yeah they'll have riders but sometimes they'll have fitness people on and I kind of was always interested in, in what the fitness people had to say, because when we learned about health and wellness, a lot of it was like stuff like super outdated information that we learned in like maybe eighth grade health or seventh grade PE, or, um, like if you took foods in high school, I remember a lot of that stuff and the book seems super outdated. And it's interesting because science is always evolving. And you know, a lot of the information that, and i've realized this as i talk with people both that are older than me at work or just even kids our age they've maintained and pretty much have adopted as as doctrine health and wellness knowledge that maybe we learned 15 20 years ago or even before that when of course things have changed and so um what's been cool about listening to these these guests on on various podcasts is a lot of them have their own podcasts and so i've listened to those a lot to kind of learn what's on the cutting edge of science of health and wellness and fitness and so yeah i think i've learned a lot of cool things that some of it obviously is way extreme some biohacking stuff that you like wearing earbuds that shine light into your ears to like basically simulate being outside on a sunny day if you're like stuck in you know the pacific northwest shout to carl or finland or whatever like some things as extreme as that to other things on the other side of the pendulum like you know, it actually makes sense to, you know, maybe eat more fat in your diet and uh, carbohydrates maybe aren't as good for you. And I know that, you know, memes and stuff will talk about, you know, people loving carbs and stuff. But ultimately, as a preface, we'll use this segment to pass on just random little nuggets and habits and things that people can adopt maybe in their day-to-day lives to feel and look a little bit better. And so that was a long preface. But okay, so the first thing you can do is honestly get sleep sleep is by far the most important thing you could possibly do as far from a health perspective and some people say yeah oh yeah i can survive on 4 hours or 5 hours or whatever kurt you know me i'm uh even before i learned about sleep and how important it was i was always crashing like you know 8 9 10 o'clock just random hours and sleeping like crazy and when you were my roommate it was always honestly embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fell asleep. <laughs> I remember on New Year's Eve, it was the Jazz played the Blazers, and it was like the game ended at like 9 o'clock, and I just fell asleep. And then you had to wake me up at like 11.30 and say, dude, we got to go out and, uh, and meet up with everybody. And I appreciated that because I needed to be social. But I've always been like a big fan of sleep. But when it comes to being able to lose weight, when it comes to be able to think more clearly, um, when it comes down to being able to control your appetite, um, recover from your workouts. And I could go way deep into all four of these things, but I'm not going to do it now. Um, Before you look at, honestly, what exercise routine you're doing or really what diet you have, um, focus on your sleep because that's going to affect your hunger hormones and your satiety hormones. So if you don't get a lot of sleep, it upregulates a hormone called ghrelin Think of it like some sort of hobbit creature that makes you turn into some ravenous beast and makes you want to eat and it you particularly crave terrible things. Um, and it decreases the hormone called leptin, which is the feeling of being full or satisfied. And so when those hormones get out of balance, it's super understandable that, you know, you'll obviously eat tons of crazy stuff. So that's obviously going to set you back in your weight loss and, and happiness goals. And so I would start with that. I would say, um, for two main pointers on the health minute today, make sure you're giving yourself an opportunity to sleep for eight hours a night and two, after you eat every meal, get up and move around a little bit. Maybe take, instead of shooting for like 10,000 steps all at once at one night, if you move around throughout the day and maybe every 45 minutes, if you have a desk job, get up, take a lap, you know, walk for five minutes, get outside, get some sunshine. Cause that's a whole nother rabbit hole. We could talk about each of these things for like hours on end, but I would say sleep more and move more and the movement doesn't have to be exercise, just move more throughout your day. And if you guys have questions or want to know more or anything like that, hit me up and we can talk more about it on the podcast because I think it is super interesting and I think it'll help a lot of people honestly change the way they feel about themselves and change the way they look. So we'll leave it at that for now.
0: That's great. That is something I need to focus on because I can't sleep ever. Shout out to all my insomniacs out there. The struggle's real. There's dozens of us. <laughs> um, what's? What were you going to say? Oh, I was
1: going to say, if uh, if you have insomnia and, and uh, people out there, there's lots of different things to try to get rid of it. And so you should look some stuff up and or hit me up because I feel like I have some remedies for you. Kurt, we'll try a science experiment on you later. <laughs>
0: Okay, I will be. I'll be the experiment. I'll be the guinea pig. Cool, man. That's interesting stuff. Everyone, apply that to your lives. Maybe we'll be actually getting something positive out of this podcast. <laughs> um, so today is a fun day because we're introducing two different segments. First one is Colby's fitness uh, minute, and then this one is one we've been thinking about uh, for a little bit. We're going to call it subscribe slash unsubscribe. Basically. There's things in this world that we either like or we don't like. And sometimes for some odd reason, whether it's a big thing or not, it drives us crazy or we absolutely love it. And a lot of this happens to do with like social media and how people interact on social media. So I think a lot of it's going to be around that. But really, we're going to take a stance on something and just talk about it. Kolb. First one's something that's been, I don't know if it really gets your goat, but I think you're kind of unsubscribed to this. What's going on? What's driving you crazy?
1: Okay. So I haven't fully decided if this drives me crazy or not, but I'm, I'm suspicious and I'm starting to be driven a little crazy because I know of people's motives. So you know when you log on to maybe Facebook or Instagram, uh, mostly I would say Facebook and Instagram for the most part, you'll see people, they'll post something to the effect of, hey, everybody, I'm going to Paris in... I don't know, four weeks, and don't know what to do, need suggestions, ready, go. And (laughs) for whatever reason, those posts drive me up the wall. And deep down, I can see that there is some innocence there. You know, people want to know where other people have had their experiences, and maybe some underground like cool spots to visit this and that and whatever but deep even deeper down I feel like it's a low key flex it's like a pre yeah. Instagram post of like look how cool I am look where I am and yes I get I obviously I post about my vacations and where I've gone and where I am and I totally get that but I feel like the initial just Hey everybody, look at me. I booked a trip because traveling is the new cool thing to do. Tell me where I should go. I feel like it's like why the freak would you book the trip to that place if you don't know what you're going to do yet and you don't know what where to stay, what to do. I feel like you should have some sort of an idea and it's weird to like outsource that to the internet. And so as a result, I feel like people are just, you know, trying to flex on people because they're about to go on a trip. What do you think? <laughs>
0: Dude, I I get where you're coming from, but here's my point of view. Whenever I travel, I want to get the most authentic experience I can get in each place. So I feel like the best way to get that is through word of mouth, right? So I'm not going to just the big chains and everything that's on the internet. I'm asking people who have been there before me. What did you find? What was something that I uh, you uh, you didn't uh, you didn't know you didn't know know going in that you wish you knew. You know, you found this nice little gem. I want to know what those are and I want to have the best experience possible because I'm spending money to go to this place and explore. So I understand how you're kind of like, oh, these people are like, oh, look how cool I am. I'm going to Paris, I'm going to Morocco, I'm going to Sri Lanka. Who knows where they're going? I get that. But I think, you know, we are so connected on the internet and sometimes you don't talk to someone every day. And there might be people that you are connected with online that have been to these places and have good suggestions. So maybe, you know, it's just, it's simple. It's simply just like, hey, let me know what's going on in this place because I want to get a good experience out of it. I'm for it. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm for it because I don't think I would ever do it, but I'm not okay. against people doing it. So I'm not fully subscribed. I might be on like a free trial and I'm not subscribed to this thing, but I'm definitely not Okay, two
1: things. To it. So it's, I'm actually sick and we've been thinking about doing this for a little bit. So actually over the past couple of weeks, I've thought of specific instances where I've seen people put these requests for recommendations online and they've since gone on the trip and come back and I went and looked at three different cases where I looked at some of the suggestions and the comments and of course people aren't going to post everything about everything they did and so I get it but I went back and looked at the albums from uh, that they posted on Facebook and Almost nobody took advantage, it appeared, and I know obviously people don't document everything, so maybe they went there and didn't post it on Instagram, but when, you're, when your freaking Facebook album has 40 pictures in it from your five day trip to Florida or wherever you went, I would anticipate that some of those recommendations would appear in the pictures. And I'm not kidding, On the I, I went to three separate occasions from three separate people that it felt like a flex to me. And in all circumstances, I looked at the recommendations and then traced it back to the pictures. Didn't see any of that. Didn't see the people that requested the recommendations even go back to the comments originally and say, oh, hey, we went here. It was awesome. Or, oh, hey, we'll do this. It was just kind of nothing. It's just kind of they throw that out there to the void. And then it seems like nothing was done with the recommendations. And again, maybe they actually went. I don't know. But that was one thing I thought was kind of interesting and kind of cool. The other thing is, and maybe this is a, just me. Like when I when I'm about to go on a trip, or going to travel somewhere, or going to do something cool, I like to investigate it on my own and kind of plan my trip out because I think that's what makes it kind of special. Is like, oh, I'm gonna make this trip my own, and I'm gonna see where it takes me. And if I get out there, I'll ask the locals. I'll, you know, maybe even ask tourists or whoever that are there. Um, and I feel like it it brings a little something extra and special to the trip because you're not outsourcing. Um, what you're going to do because you kind of part of, I think part of a vacation is actually planning it out and doing your own investigation. And maybe that's what they're doing and maybe that's part of their investigation. Either way, I think you're flexing on people out there, Facebook users. So (laughs) then again, I do stupid stuff on social media (laughs) too. So who am I to judge? But that's where I am. I'm unsubscribing from the recommendations for trips though. Hashtag unsubscribe.
0: You're, you are unsubscribed. Hey, maybe we'll throw up a little poll. Uh, people can say they are subscribed or not subscribed to this little yes. thing. Um. Well, Kolb, today I feel like we, we've we talked a lot. Uh, I don't want people to be sitting here and getting bored. So um, it's been fun. Good podcast, I feel like. Good episode. Uh, go Jazz. Anything go jazz. you want to add?
1: Go Utes tomorrow. Um, looking forward to apparently... It's going to be actually, like, in the upper to mid-90s, and this is the end of August, which doesn't feel normal. So let's, uh, let's not burn down the rainforest, particularly the Amazon. Um, you said it best that they are the Earth's lungs, and so it would be really nice to, uh, you know, not burn those things down. Shout-out to the Jaguars and the Cheetahs and the Boas and the Piranhas. Not necessarily shout-out to the poisonous things, but you have a place too. Um, so, yeah, let's... Uh, I don't know what can be done to keep the Amazon quote, but let's try not to
0: burn that What do you say? Yeah, let's not burn down the forest, everybody. Go out. Stop doing Stop doing that, listeners, because we know it's you. Uh, have a good week, everybody. We'll see you when we get everybody. T-